is for sharing, and so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers, and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Kiwi Foodcast. Today on the show, we have Julie Gillingham of Keto Smart Bakes that is based in Whangarei. Keto Smart Bakes makes tortillas, pizza bases, and bagels. And Julie is a one-man band keeping all the spinning plates up in the air. We chat to her about the keto lifestyle, about her business journey, and all the things in between. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So, Julie, let's start at the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about growing up. Have you always lived in Whangarei and has food always been a feature for you? Um, so, I originally grew up in Canada. I lived on a dairy farm and then I moved to Whangarei um, about 10 years ago to pursue my career. Um, and I have not always been in food. I've always been into food but I remember like as a kid I would set up restaurants for my parents anniversary and we would always bake with my grandmother like I always remember baking her chocolate chip cookies which I still bake um, every year at Christmas time. Tell me about what is this you were setting up restaurants for your parents that that sounds really cool. <laughs> so yeah, just what, as what, a, what is involved in that and how can I teach my kids to do that for me? <laughs> um, just as a kid like I would make up a little menu and I would cook for them and yeah it was just something fun that I liked to do because I was really into food. Oh, that's that's really cool. I remember I used to do these. I really wanted to be a celebrity chef. So when I'd make my like cornflakes in the morning, I'd be like, hello and welcome to my show. And now we're going to add milk <laughs> and now we're going to add sugar. <laughs> I think that was when celebrity chefs were just like, I mean, cooking was just coming on to TV like yeah. in the early 90s. Yeah. Cool. So did you go from Canada to Fungare directly? I did. Yes. Yeah. So wow, I... That's, um, that's an interesting, um, like, I mean, I just, it's interesting, I guess, because not many people do it. Yeah. No, um, I was a dental hygienist and it was really hard to find a job um, after I graduated and ended up finding a job here in Whangarei and packed up two suitcases, didn't know anybody here. And yeah, that was the start of my life in New Zealand. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> that's really amazing. And how was, how was the early days settling into Whangarei then? Um, I didn't know anybody. I just started straight into work and yeah, ended up making a few friends here and there. Met my husband after about a year and a half and life has been here for about 10 years now. Wow, that's that's amazing. I've only ever passed through Fungare, to be honest. So only ever stopped at the information center and the yeah. cool toilets and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So um tell me like how did food find you? Like um you obviously said that you've been into food and things like that, but you were obviously working as a dental hygienist. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so after I had my son, I ended up going on maternity leave um, for quite some time and stumbled upon an opportunity to start running a lactation cookie business. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to dental hygiene and this opportunity kind of landed in my lap and I decided to take it. 
um, and started running that business. So that's where my food business, I guess, started. And from there, I did end up having another child and um, started dabbling in the keto lifestyle. And my passion for cookies after having my kids just kind of disappeared. Um, Yeah, so I ended up closing that one down and going back to dental hygiene. But okay. that's, that's I kind of get what you're saying around like your passion for certain motherhood things dying down. Like yeah. it's happened to me. I was really into, you know, like baby wearing. Yes. Now that my kids walk, I'm just kind of like, meh. Like not yeah. into it anymore. <laughs> yeah, so once I so finished, I can feel the same way about lactation cookies. Yeah, yeah. So once I finished my feeding journey with my kids, that was like I didn't really have passion for making those mm. cookies anymore. So Makes I sense. yeah. But how did you come across like keto as a dietary choice? Um, so after I had my son, I um, actually started kind of dabbling in keto for fertility reasons. Um, it's known to be quite good for fertility, and that's kind of where it started. Um, and after I had my daughter, um, it was mostly a weight thing that I decided to really start looking into keto a bit more. So I did... Um, I was struggling with my mental health. I was struggling with my weight. I was struggling with inflammation in my body. They thought I had rheumatoid arthritis. There was just a lot of stuff going on. And I thought, I need to make some changes. And I knew about the keto lifestyle, keto diet. And I just decided one day, you know what, I'm just going to go into this 100% and made some meals for my husband to try and get him on board because he was a bit skeptical. And from there, that's where where things really started. Okay. I know. Um, so I have dabbled in and out of keto, <laughs> similar reasons to lose weight. And um, I guess just after post motherhood, like there's just so many things. So um, I know cutting carbs really makes a yeah. difference to your mood. But yes. what I found was the thing I missed most on keto was just like the bread. Like right. I just really missed having bread. Yeah. Um, is there like something you miss about life pre-keto? I don't think so. For me, I think I was able to find an alternative or um, a replacement for any of those things that I was really craving. Probably the thing I missed the most or would like the most would be to have ice cream. Ice cream. I've got a sweet tooth, so I'm an ice cream kind of person, but you can make replacements for ice cream. But yeah, just a good old Ben and Jerry's. Mm. Ice cream would be the one thing that I really miss, but I don't follow a strict keto diet anymore. Um, I'm still mostly keto, but I do allow for a bit of indulgence here and there Um, now more than, than when I used to do it strictly. Yeah, right, right. And um, I mean, for our listeners, can you tell us, like, obviously, I think a lot of people already know what keto is. And um, I think a lot of people do this kind of what they call dirty Dirty keto, keto. right? (laughs) Um, But what do you love most about this kind of lifestyle? Um, For me, I think it's mostly about how it makes me feel. Um, When I am following a keto lifestyle strictly, I really notice the increase in my energy, the mental clarity, focus, I sleep better, my mood is better. It's just all of those, those things just yeah, it really makes me feel good. 
um, yep. the weight loss is an added bonus, of course. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's really about the way that I feel. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is the sugar, right? Like, if, I mean, yeah. like, so I don't do too much keto, but um, I still try to like not have processed sugar Yeah, and just even cutting out the sugar and still having like the odd bread here and there. But if you've cut out the sugar, it just makes such a huge, like suddenly you're not tired at like yes. that kind of three, the, four o'clock. And... You don't get the sugar yeah. crash if you're following a sugar-free or low-carb or keto diet. You just don't get that crash in the afternoon you just seem to have a steady amount of energy throughout the day yeah so for me with two young kids is and running a business that's one of the (laughs) biggest things I need the the energy bar is low anyways when you have two kids and you're running a business (laughs) yeah so so um how did you so obviously you guys started doing the keto lifestyle and um you were looking to obviously I guess transition out of again being the dental hygienist but how did you come up with this idea for keto smart bakes um so yeah my passion for the the lactation cookie business had really faded and we were following the keto lifestyle and I was making pizzas for us probably once a week like takeaway friday weekend kind of food so I was having pizza once a week and thought oh I wonder if you could buy keto pizza bases and I kind of did a little bit of research and couldn't find anything so I decided to just have a go at it and that's where it started it started as a hobby alongside finishing up with a lactation cookie business I was back to work doing dental hygiene at the time as well Um, so yeah it just started as a hobby and it grew from there I ended up adding in bagels and adding a few more products and but that's really where it started it started as a hobby and let's see if I can make something of it Ah, that's that's really cool because you know I've tried to make a lot of like bread products with keto <laughs> to help with the craving. I've tried the cauliflower base. I've tried that really cheesy thing, which was just like too much cheese. Like yeah. my my palate was like all burnt. I couldn't handle the cheese. <laughs> um, but what what I mean, out of curiosity, what flours do you use um, to kind of get it as close to normal tasting? I guess. So I use a fathead based dough which is basically a combination of mozzarella cheese cream cheese and ground almonds or almond flour whichever you prefer to call it Um, and that's what makes up the basis of most of my products Um, but it's just kind of adding a few ingredients or seasonings and different bits to give it my own own flair Mm. my own twist Okay. All right. And so tell me a little bit about the early days. Were you working and doing this at the same time? So, or yeah, did you kind was, of go into it full time? I was working um, as a dental hygienist just part time after I had my daughter. And I was still doing the lactation cookies here and there and was doing this as well. So it was a whole lot of stuff plus trying to be a mom and a wife and run a household. So it was <laughs> it was kind of chaotic and I just came to a point where I decided I either need to pursue this full time and stop doing the dental hygiene thing because I wasn't overly happy um with it. I yeah, just it was I wasn't in it anymore and decided to leave dental hygiene and pursue this full time and see what happened 
Yeah, that's 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 really cool. So, um, tell me initially, like obviously, so you started making these pizza bases as a hobby, and then you decided you wanted to do this as a business. What what comes next? Um, tell me a little bit about the early days of how you spread the word. How did people find out about you? So I was already registered as a food business making baked goods. So it was quite easy to just add in the pizza bases um, along with that because it was no change in what I was already doing. But it was basically starting an Instagram page, starting a Facebook business page. That's where I started. And I kind of relied on word of mouth once I started getting, getting things out there. Orders would come in via private message or DM or an email. So it was really, really time consuming tallying up every single order and sending it off like this is how much you owe and then having to check that payments have been made and like it just became really time consuming. I felt like I was sitting on my phone all the time because orders were coming in and my kids are wanting my attention. So it was really time consuming and really hard to find the boundary between what is work life and what is home life. Um, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's still a bit of a juggle at times just trying to find that balance. Okay. All right. But, but um, I mean, I think from what you're saying though, that that's really amazing that you kind of set up an Instagram page and a Facebook page and then the orders just started coming in. Like, yeah. cause yeah. that's not often you see that with um, many businesses, which probably means you've hit like, you know, like hit gold in the sense of like that you're creating something people really want. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, so. um, but has having that website and doing the online ordering helped with like, you know, rather than doing it through like Instagram yes. and that kind of thing? It was a yeah. massive relief to see the website finally up and running and not have to um, take those manual orders just because that process was extremely time consuming. But it also took me away from interacting with the customers so much as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit the same now. I still interact with the customers anytime anything's happening, any email, any post or any comment, it's always me that they're interacting with. Mm. But I think that's also, I know that as a small business that can feel really hard, but I think that's also the defining thing of what makes a small business great that, you know, you are always dealing with the owner yes. and they will go out of the way to like solve the problem for you. Yes. As compared to like, you know, if, um, I don't know, if it was like a big multinational or whatever. Yeah. And then you just, they don't really care about the $1 thing you bought or whatever. No. Yeah. So that's, for <laughs> me, that's one of the things that's, yeah, really important to me is that I always am a part of whatever Keto Smart Bakes becomes, that I'm still the face of Keto Smart Bakes and I'm still doing whatever part of it like sending the emails or the social media posts like I still always want to be a part of no matter what it becomes yeah yeah and so tell me a little bit about your products then like obviously you know you've got a real need for it which is why people have just started ordering it without you really doing too much marketing but um how have those repeat orders come in is it just like because um word of mouth people really like it um yeah how has that experience been um so yeah basically the products are as i was saying before they're made from a fathead based dough so the mozzarella cheese the um, cream cheese and almond flour and just 
it seems like that creates a really amazing dough to replace bread-like products. They're creating the bagels. Mm. I've created garlic bread as well. Um, the pizza bases, it seems like that's the go-to, such a versatile dough that it's creating the things that people are missing. So they're missing BLTs, like they're missing having pizza every week on a keto diet. So I've found a way to create the products and make it easier for people to do because some people don't enjoy baking. They don't like being in the kitchen and people, we live in a world where convenience is what people want. So if you can yeah. buy these products yep. rather than having to make them yourself, it makes the lifestyle a little bit easier to follow as well. Um, but for me, yeah. I think people keep coming back because I focus on quality, not quantity. Um, mm. Everything is small batches. I still hand roll the bagels. I'm not a huge factory. I'm a one person business that's just trying to make a difference. Yeah. So tell me, because I noticed something very unique uh, about your website is that you do the kind of like, you know, it's going to get restocked in this amount of time as compared to just kind of taking in orders as they come. Yes. And that's a little bit unique for, I guess, uh, e-commerce websites. So, yeah, so how did a, you kind of come up with that thing? It's a little bit challenging if you haven't ordered before. So you place your order and you have to wait 10 days for it to come. So I work on a pre-order basis um, because I'm quite busy. I don't have stock. The items are made fresh each week. So I open orders each Sunday. They close at the end of the week on Friday. I prep for the following week and then I bake them fresh Monday, Tuesday and send them to the customers fresh on Wednesday. Um, so that can be a little bit confusing for people and a little bit frustrating because we live in such an instantaneous world that if I place my order today, I want it shipped tomorrow. Um, yeah. But a lot of people, if they do follow my social media, they do know that I am a one-person business. I'm a mum. I'm busy, but I put so much into my business um, and into my products that it's worth the wait. Um, yeah. And if you do want the products, you probably need to set your alarm to get on the website at 8 p.m. on Sunday because I also sell out really quickly. So I've had some people say, like, are you even a business? Do you actually sell anything? Because they'll come to the website Tuesday afternoon and everything's sold out. Like, I can mm -hmm. only create so much each week. Um, yeah. That. That's um that can be hard, right? Like I mean, obviously yes. this is a really good problem to have, yes, because <laughs> a lot of people want your stuff, but that can be really hard, um, because it's also with food, it's always like you know you need to be at the correct end of the tipping point because obviously like that makes you want to like be like okay, let me just buy a bigger oven, let me scale, let me get more people and just do it. But all the stuff doesn't happen overnight, yes. and it takes a lot of money, and um and then you need to get that amount of demand as well. So it yes. can be really scary. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. That yes, I really want to grow, but it's how to grow and how to do it the right way because. I don't want to grow and not have the demand and I don't want to spend a huge amount of money getting all of this factory equipment and doing all of these things and then the demand isn't there and my business closes down. So it's it's a really yeah. good and hard place to be. Like it's really challenging. Yeah. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes right now and trying to make the right decisions and where to go from here. 
Yeah. And that was going to kind of be my next point because like being a solopreneur, I feel the hardest thing is that there is so many decisions you need to make. Yes. Um, just about everything. So um, I have a small business myself. Um, we do Indian curry paste. Yes. And it took me like seven months from having the idea to launching because it was just, I was paralyzed with like, do I use bottle? Do I use pouch? Do I use label? Do I use this? Do I do this? Or I do this. Like there's just, it just never ends. The decisions keep coming and every one of them feels really important. So like, tell me a little bit about like your experiences making these decisions. Do you have, um, I guess a process you follow? Um, Um, I I have brought on some experts. Um, Before I started, I had a packaging um, consultant come on board and just give me a bit of guidance on how to package the products, um, which I'm looking at changing up slightly as well. Um, but it's just trying to find people that are in the industry that may have the information I don't have because I didn't start in food. I'm not a trained food business person. So it's trying to find people that have the knowledge that I need. But it's it's always hard making a decision. Are you making the right decision in growing and going beyond being a hobby kind of business is it worth taking that leap and and spending the money to grow it's yeah it's really hard being a solopreneur like doing everything people don't see all of the hard work that goes into being a one woman show and being the 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 one person behind the business it's it's a lot of work. I think Instagram made it really sexy, right? Like yeah. Instagram's made it really sexy. It's like yes. hashtag solopreneur, but yes. it's just like, like just so much woman to in do. business. And but yeah, it's so much to do that I have to really draw the line that okay, my kids are going to be home at five o'clock, and that's it. Put my phone down for the next two hours until they're gone to bed, and spend that time with them, and not go onto Instagram and put a post up, or not send that message, not respond to that person. Um, until my kids are gone to bed because it's really trying to find that balance that if I don't draw those boundaries for myself that I'm going to be working 24-7. I'm thinking about it in my sleep and all of this work that I need to do and getting it all done. So it's all of that stuff. But yeah, it, it is hard work, but it's also very worth it. Yeah. So um, on a weekly basis, then how many pizza bases do you make or how many uh, tortillas are you making? It kind of depends on the week. Um, So when I first started, I hand rolled every single tortilla and uh, me and my rolling pin and I felt like I had bruises in the bones of my hands from hand rolling and I could hand roll about 15 packets in one entire day. Um, so that's why I started. I've ended up getting myself a beautiful piece of equipment that helps me press them out now and I can do about 50 packets in a day. Um, but that's still some hand rolling. So that's that's what I put up in a week along with all of the other baking that I do. But yeah, the tortillas seem to have become quite a popular item at the moment and it was like I can't keep up with this and I'm only putting 15 in stock and that's an entire day's worth of work like are they actually worth me doing and selling because it's so much work Um, so I consider those my labor of love um, but they're very popular and people are really enjoying them so it's just yeah trying to find the equipment that I can speed up my processes and figuring out how to 
to make more to try and meet the demand. Yeah. So I think a couple of things you hit up on there. One was the tortillas, because I feel my major problem with the keto lifestyle, full stop coming, maybe it's uh, from my Indian roots, is that we're really used to having like a vehicle for our food, right? Like we need need rice, we need bread, (laughs) like I need something. I can't just have, you know, like this piece of chicken every day. Like, (laughs) so that was really hard. Um, So I can totally see with like having the tortilla or something like that, because it's like, I have this thing I can have. Like even now, if I have soup, I still have to have like roti with it. You need some garlic bread on the side. So yeah, that's where the garlic bread came from, that if you're having zoodles and pasta replacements and you've got this saucy meal and you just want some kind of bread to dip into it, that that's where the garlic bread comes in. You can make a flatbread with a pizza. You can, you've got this vessel now for tortillas instead of just making a cheese tortilla. There's actual tortillas out there that are quite low in carbohydrates. Um so yeah, for me, that was one of the biggest things was always trying to find that replacement. So for us, if we have butter chicken or we, if we have a curry of some kind, I will quite often just take a bagel and toast it up and I will use that to dip in because you need something to dip into that exactly. sauce. Exactly. Yes. That's awesome. It's so good to know that there is like a non-Indian who faces a yes. psychological yes. barrier. Yes. <laughs> yes. For me, I feel like it's psychological. Like, yeah. um, I just need it. Like, and even if it's like one tiny piece, that's fine. I just, yeah. but I need that one tiny piece. And I think the second point you hit upon was the equipment because it reminded me of my um, early days. I used to own a catering business in Mm. India and um, it was similar position, like used to cook everything and was real labor of love. And then just even getting like a bigger utensil just like rocked my world or like getting, I remember when we switched from like normal gas to the high pressure gas and like everything just suddenly cooked faster instead of taking two hours. It took like 20 minutes and I was just it like blew my mind off yeah (laughs) like how fast you could do things so it's so important to um, have that equipment yes but then like you said the challenge is knowing what equipment do you get and um, you know Um, where is the best use of your money and yes making making that investment because those big pieces of equipment that are going to make things faster easier aren't cheap it's it's spending that money and knowing that this investment is worth it and it's going to improve so much and it's going to allow me to give more to my customers yeah not complaining that the bones in my hands hurt at the end of the day (laughs) hand rolling 15 packets of tortillas like for me that was really hard I think I was in tears the first time I put tortillas in stock and I made them like it was yeah it was really hard because I'm like, I need to make these because people want them, but I'm in so much pain from doing all of this rolling and nobody sees all of the hard work that you put into your products, into your business. Yeah. And was it hard kind of even researching upon the said machine? Like, because I found that really hard. Like, I mean, I'm from the food world. I've studied hospitality, but Sometimes you don't even know that like machines exist for this thing. And that's, um, yes, I, yeah. um, I know some friends that have keto businesses in Canada and I reached out to them because their business is just making tortillas. And I said, can you help me just give me some guidance on what kind of machinery I need? The first press that I bought was a manual press and it did nothing. The next one I brought was something from AliExpress that 
because I couldn't find anything. So I ended up finding a business of a friend in Calgary. And he's like, go to these people. They make 600 tortillas in a day and they will help you. So it was talking to them and then finding someone in New Zealand that could acquire the product that I needed, the equipment that I needed, which being such a small country and being quite isolated is a challenge in itself that the equipment's not always readily available here, that you have to get it from the United States and then you add on an extra two or $3,000 for freight to get it here. So it's it's that kind of yeah. thing with trying to find the equipment. Mm. That, that that can be really hard. But I'm happy that you now have your tortilla yes. press and yes. that you're able to make us more tortillas. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me then, like, what is the one thing you really love doing in your business and what's the one thing you really hate? I kind of have a sense of what you might hate, but I want to still hear it from you. <laughs> um, so for me... Um, for me, the one thing that I really love is the actual baking. For me, I'm very passionate about baking. That's where I want to be. I want to be in the kitchen. Um, I don't love the admin side of things. It's definitely not my favorite, um, but I found my passion being in the kitchen. Um, the business side of things is, is hard for me because I don't have a business background. So again, it's finding people that are experts in that that realm in being a business advisor and teaching me how to grow and yeah just I, I hate that I can't make enough product and that I'm letting customers down that they come then things are sold out and having to explain to probably at least one if not 10 people every week that I'm sorry I'm sold out for this week and come on Sunday and I'll restock um, so mm-hmm. that for me is is one of the hardest things is letting people down. I have a really hard time saying no. Um, they're yeah. like, oh, do you think you could maybe make this order this week? And I'm like, oh, I'll see if I can can do it. But yeah, that that's really hard for me is just letting people down and not having the products to meet the demand. Yeah. Oh, that, that can be hard. Um, for me, it's just like shipping. Yeah, <laughs> I hate well, doing it. Yeah, shipping, shipping is a whole <laughs> so nother. That was nice and easy, usually. <laughs> <laughs> shipping is a whole nother, yeah, problem in itself. And that the courier fees seem to be going up and up and up and the service is going down and down and down. And people don't really understand why my shipping fees are quite expensive. So for me, when I do ship items, I package them with an eco wool liner. I put gel ice in. I also use chiltainas if it's quite a um, big order. So that's a like chilled box that keeps mm-hmm. the items as cold as I possibly can or as cool as I possibly can while they're in transit. So those items are quite expensive to use to send products and people are like why you charge this much money for shipping so for me that one's really hard as well having to explain and then people that don't select the correct shipping option is hard as well because (laughs) rural delivery I live rurally and I understand it is quite expensive to live rurally um, with shipping so not selecting the rural fee is is a hard one as well because you have to go to people and say you didn't pay the correct shipping fee and you still owe da 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 like for a long time I have just covered that fee and um, let it go but now I'm at a point where I'm losing on shipping just about every single Mm. order I send and yeah. Gosh, that that can yeah. be that can be hard. That is um, hard. Yeah, but I think I 
I mean, I think we've touched on the hard bits, but also it's really rewarding, right? Like to be able to support people in this lifestyle that you love because it can be the one thing I know is like following a keto lifestyle. It's it's really hard. Like when you are just kind of doing it, if you want to do it long-term and you need to do anything long-term for it to actually work and for you to see the results. Um, so I think to be able to provide that option that you are providing yes. um, and to have people coming back means that they want your stuff. And yes. I'm sure those are the bits you're going to figure yeah, out. I mean, it's it's always easy to complain about the bits that are hard, but there's so much that I love about what I do. I love the products I've created. I love the brand that I've created. I love the keto lifestyle. It's yeah, for me, it's I've found my passion. Um, even mm. with the stresses that come with it, I do really love running my own business. Um, it's given me flexibility. It's yeah, it's been a life changer for sure. I could still be sitting, sitting cleaning people's teeth, but I really I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't happy, and I'm very yeah. happy doing what I do now. And I think. Um... So I'm guessing your kids are quite young, yes. similar to how mine are. So two and but the four. good thing is they will be oh, okay, yeah, mine are mine are two and four as well. Yeah. But the good part is that they will soon be five and seven and then they can help you with all the yes. packaging. <laughs> yes. My son kills to want to do all the stickering, oh, the bottle yeah. labels. Yeah. And he's he's always there, but they just all go wonky, so I can't let him do it. But I'm yeah. counting down the days to when he can do that. And yes, I'm like, well, Yeah, free labor. Having been a dental hygienist, I've got a bit of a type A personality, so I've got an eye for detail and if things aren't perfect, I'm like oh, so yeah that one for me is a little bit challenging but yeah they sometimes help put the stickers on the packages that are going out the door like the shipping shipping packages right. yeah yeah but it's it's so great because I feel all they want is to just really be involved they just yeah. really want to help you yes. and for me a big part about being a small business owner is also kind of I guess modeling that lifestyle for yep. my children yes. to kind of show them that like yes it is possible yes there yeah. is a lot of hard work to be done but yes. it is rewarding and it is possible and I want to show them by doing it myself yeah well even with the kids now like I see them they've got a play kitchen inside and they've got a mud kitchen outside my daughter will quite often go and she'll just be pretending to bake and like they're being like <laughs> mummy they're in the kitchen they're baking and it's really cute to see that she's modeling what I'm doing yeah. yeah. So what's what's next for Keto Smart Bakes? I saw on your Instagram you're trying to look for some more people to help yeah. you out. But what's the big dream? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm working really hard towards expanding this year. Um, yeah, so starting by trying to find my first employee and then moving – moving into a bigger premises, so home-based right now, and then just looking at the options and where to go from here, how to expand um, into a new premises. And then, yeah, I eventually would like to see the products in supermarkets. I think that's probably the biggest biggest goal is, is eventually getting to that point. Um, I've had inquiries, but yeah, it's just navigating the processes and how to do it and being able to actually meet the demand is the hardest part. That yeah. Being yeah. a being a one woman show, I'm maxed out. And I so it's it's finding that extra. <laughs> Maybe set when the of kids are a bit older and then yeah. they can help you with doing all the bagels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just getting that extra set of hands to start with and then going from there. 
Awesome. Okay. Well, that sounds lovely. And um, I wish you all the very best Thank in your you. journey. Um, now, before I let you go, we're going to move into my favorite part of the show, which is called Fast Food 5. Yes. And that's got nothing to do with fast food. <laughs> no unhealthy stuff. There's five fast questions about food. So are you ready? Yes. <laughs> all right. Favorite keto meal of all time? Pizza. Yeah. Do, are you just saying that because like yeah. now you make pizza bases? <laughs> no, I think part, probably part of the reason the pizza bases were created was because pizza is definitely one of my favorite foods. It always has been. So yeah, definitely yeah. go-to will be pizza. Okay. And um, your favorite like low-carb flour? Almond flour is definitely the, the best replacement. Mm. Okay. And the one ingredient that is always in your pantry? Always in the fridge is mozzarella cheese. Oh, yeah. There's always yeah. almond yes. flour in the fridge have well. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you were a vegetable, which one would you be? Ever so famous keto cauliflower. <laughs> you're very on brand I like your responses yeah. they're very on yes. brand but um I saw on Instagram someone had put and it was like the only thing you can't do out of cauliflower now is like make ice cream so maybe yeah. since you were saying oh. you really miss ice cream <laughs> that could be your next product you can freeze it and add it to a smoothie and it does give you a very creamy smoothie uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to, I guess, a food solopreneur that's just starting out, what would that advice be? Just keep going. Um, even on yeah. the days when you think, why am I doing this? Is it worth it? Just keep going. Um, believe in yourself and yeah, just just try and keep going. There's definitely yeah. been days that I've thought, why do I do this? I could just go back to my job in dental hygiene. But yeah, I'm still here. I'm still trying to grow and it's definitely been worth it. Um, so yeah, just yeah. just keep going. And if you don't know something, find people that know. Um, seek, out, yeah. seek out the experts, find a business advisor, find a packaging consultant, find somebody in the food business that can help guide you. But yeah, just just mm. keep going. Oh, I like that one. I like it better than just do it. Just keep going. Because <laughs> just, just like the kind of doing and starting is really easy yes. now, like, you know, with Google and with like things yep. getting easy, but it it can feel really challenging once yep. you kind of get to that starting line to yep. kind of be like, oh my God, now what do I do? Yes. Or like every time you head into a trap of pain points. So I really like yep. that. Thank yep. you so much. <laughs> just keep going. All right. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for coming on the show. It's been great chatting with you. And um, yeah, I wish you all the best. And I'm going to head on on Sunday at eight o'clock and be near my computer so I can <laughs> place my order. Awesome. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.